Hi everyone, and thank you for joining me for another uh, biblical teaching. I uh, hope that you will get blessed and continue to get blessed by the things that we study and read together. I just want to make a quick announcement regarding how often I will be putting these uh, teachings out. My goal is to put one out every uh, once a week, uh, mostly aiming for Mondays, uh, whenever possible, but that would be my goal is to put these out once a week. So, as we begin today, we're going to be talking about the scriptures, the word of God, or as we call it today, the Bible. So, if you take your Bibles and go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and I will be sharing my screen here with you guys today so that you will be able to follow me and especially in some of the words that we will be defining in our study today. So the scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. I'll be reading from the King James Version, verse 16. It says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Whenever we're going to begin to read God's word, one thing we must always remember is that all scripture, everything in the Bible that we have today, is given by inspiration of God. Now, what's interesting about this verse, and what I like to uh, mention some, some, um, most of the time about this, is that it doesn't say some scripture. It doesn't say that those scriptures which we want to uh, make profitable to us, but it says that all scripture is God-breathed. It is God-inspired, and it is profitable. The words of people may not always be profitable, but God's word all of it is profitable. It is not left up to us to decide which parts might be God-inspired and profitable. So our believing needs to begin to um, start on this verse where all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And what is it profitable for? It is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness if we want to receive instruction in righteousness if we want to teach our children instruction in righteousness then we need to use the word of god and it is so that what verse 17 that the man of god may be perfect and this usage of the word man is not referring um to just men but also men and women okay it is a general term used in the bible so that the person of God, male or female, may be perfect. We strive to be perfect at different things. We strive to be a perfect athlete. We, we strive to be perfect at what we uh, like to do. When it comes to our um, Christian Christianity, our relationship with God, many believe that we cannot be perfect, that it is, it is impossible. And indeed, it may be, True, however, according to the word of God, 
it says that there is a way to be perfect before God, and that is using His Word for instruction in righteousness. If we want to be white, if we want to walk um, being perfect in the eyes of God, then we need to learn to walk in His Word and walk with Him. There are many examples of men of God recorded in the Scriptures that God considered perfect. Now, they, we know that they weren't, they may have struggled with thoughts and perhaps with sin, but, however, the Word of God calls them perfect in His eyes. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, fully equipped, completely equipped unto all good works. So let's go now to Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. And we're going to look at verse twenty. Second Peter chapter one verse twenty. And it says, Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So, so far we have that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And here in Second Peter we have, knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private in interpretation. And we're going to look at the word prophecy. Now the word prophecy means to speak forth or to speak out. In the scriptures it is used of that which is spoken forth or that which is spoken out. Prophecy doesn't only have to do with something that is foretold or future telling, but it is something that is defined in the scriptures as something that is spoken forth, spoken out. The men of God spoke out many times. Here, that is exactly what is referring to. It is referring to, to the prophecy of the scripture, the spoken forth of the word of the scriptures. For the prophecy came not uh, verse 20, knowing this verse, that no prophecy, that which is spoken forth of the scriptures, is of any private interpretation. Now we're going to look at the words private interpretation in this verse. The words private interpretation is the Greek word idios. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but I think I'm getting it pretty close. It's the Greek word idios. So we have one Greek word for the two English words that are translated. And it is often translated as one's own or as his own. That is the meaning of the Greek word idios, as it is, pri as it is interpreted private interpretation. And we're going to look at some examples of how this word idios is translated in the scriptures. So we're when we want to be able, when we want to define a certain word, we need to see how it's used and how it's translated in the Word of God, not in our own dictionaries. Starting in Matthew nine one, if we go to Matthew nine one, we will see an example there. Matthew nine one. It says, and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. The words his own in this verse is the Greek word idios. 
and it is translated as his own. Luke chapter 2, verse 3. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. Again, the Greek uh, translation for the English word his own is the Greek word idios, and it means referring to self, okay, of the person. Another example is in Luke 6, Luke chapter 6, verse 41. And it says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thy own eye? The words thine own is the Greek word idios. And how is it translated? It's translated referring to the person it's person himself or herself. Okay, it is referring to a um, to self, to, to, to your person. Okay. So we've got another example. Luke chapter 10, verse 34. Go over a couple chapters. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. So we have the words his own again, and the Greek translation to that word is the word idios, referring to self, the person's own, one's own, or his own. Let's go to John chapter 1, we'll do a couple more. John chapter 1, verse 11. It says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. The two, you, the two times that it said his own is the Greek word idios. So he came unto his own idios. And his own idios received him not. It's referring to self, to the person itself, or a person, to one's own. Okay? Now, let's jump to Second Peter, back to Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 21. Some of you may be following along with your phones, and that's perfectly fine. Which will get there fast. Which you will get you there faster than what I am doing right now. Okay, so Second Peter, chapter one. We're going back to verse twenty and twenty-one. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture, that which is spoken forth of the Scriptures, is of any one's own interpretation. Okay, so the Scriptures, referring to the Word of God, the Bible. It is not of anyone's own interpretation. It is not intended. It wasn't written um, for the intention that one can interpret it themselves. There are a lot of teachings and messages um, and, and the way in which people use them today that it is privately interpreted. It is interpreted on, um, on uh, due to their own understanding, their own um, motivation behind it, or, or just the message they want to put out. However... When we are using the Word of God, we need to understand that it is not of any one's own interpretation. The Word of God doesn't need help being interpreted. 
So if it's not anyone's own interpretation, we need to understand that the Word of God interprets itself right where it is, right where it's written, in the context, to whom is it talking to, and we can see some examples as we continue our studies on a weekly basis, how that applies. Verse 21, For the prophecy that which is spoken forth did not come in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake or spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So how did we receive this spoken word or the written word today? According to verse 21, that which was spoken forth of the scriptures, or in, in, in our case today, that which is written for us, was did not come by the will of man. Did not come by philosophy. It did not come by the ideas of man. A uh, bunch of men didn't get together and decided and made decisions on what to write about. Okay, that would be by the will of man. It did not come by the will of man. Then how did it come by? But holy men of God spoke or wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost here is, re is referring to God. They were moved by God. That's how God inspired His Word. He used men and told them what to write. These men were moved by God and wrote down exactly what God wanted them to say or to write. Let's go. I have a note here that says, The Word of God interprets itself because God is the source of His own words. And He is the one that inspired those words. The Scriptures, as it was originally written in its own language, was written by holy men of God who spoke and or wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They were moved by God. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Verse 11 and 12. Now, this is Paul speaking. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. There we have the words again, not after man. It did not come by man. It did not come by word of mouth or the philosophy of man or the ideas of man. Verse 12, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it. But how did Paul have the words? How did he spoke? How did he speak forth the word of God? Well, it says right here, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Those words, the information in which he relayed to the churches and those things in which he wrote were received by the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's being moved by the Holy Spirit. God gave that gave the words to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ gave them uh, over to Paul and in order for Paul to speak or to write down to the, to the churches, to the different places in which he was writing and he would go visit. Everything that Paul preached was according to what God gave him to speak. We, When we try to speak God's word on our own, when we are out ministering um, or even teaching or preaching, we need to be careful and not to inject our own ideas or our own stories in trying to make the Word of God uh, be reached to people. God doesn't need any help 
in his word. All we have to do is read it. All we have to do is say what it says. And the word of God will take care of itself. It interprets itself and it would reach people's hearts itself. God knows what he's doing. He doesn't need our help to try to make it sound better. Okay. We speak that which is written. We speak that which is revealed to us, which is the word of God. Let's move. Uh, Let's go. uh, Paul declares what he preached was not something handed down to him by man. Nor did he speak his own words, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ, he spoke and wrote what was revealed to him. So going to 2 Timothy now. So we're going to go back to 2 Timothy, but this time we're going to go to chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. 15 it says study study to show thyself approved unto god what what must we do to be approved unto god study a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth this approval is not talking about salvation this approval is talking about an, uh, an approved workman, one who is working the scriptures, one who is working for the kingdom of God and serving. It says that we must study to show that self-approved unto God. And we're going to look at the word study in Greek. The word study in Greek is spudasso. Again, I apologize for the pronunciation. Spudasso is the Greek word for the English word study. And it means to put forth a diligent effort. In devour earnestly and diligently. We need to put forth diligent effort to show thyself approved unto God. We, when we're studying, we need to put invest the time. We need to, um, just like what we do in our profession or as an athlete, we put forth diligent effort. We endeavor earnestly and diligently to become great as an athlete, to hone in on our skills to make us a better athlete. Regarding our profession, we con- continue to study. We continue to either go back to school, get our master's or bachelor's, whatever that may be. We put forth a diligent effort to gain a better understanding and, and, and gain more knowledge of what we're doing. Well, there's, there's not any less or any different with the word of God. If we wanted to, if we want to walk with God, if we want to walk with power from on high, if we want to bless people, we want to minister to people, we want to serve in, for the kingdom of God. We also need to take the time to put forth diligent effort in studying the Word of God so that we know exactly what it says. And so that we are an approved workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And then it goes on to say, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. So we're going to look at the Greek words, rightly dividing. And it is the Greek word, orthotomeo. Rightly dividing is the word, orthotomeo. Orthotomeo in Greek, and it means to cut straight, to cut rightly, to cut correctly, to rightly divide. When we're studying the Word of God, we need to study it so that we're making a straight cut. It is one way of teaching God's Word. It's not different variations or different interpretations, which has caused uh, divisions and misunderstandings today. Remember, Second Peter said it is not one's own interpretation. God doesn't need any help interpreting it. The Word of God interprets itself. And we'll be looking at those in other studies as I continue to publish these. 
we're going to look at some examples on how, on, how, on how the Word of God interprets itself. But so we make the diligent effort in order to rightly divide, to cut straight, to cut rightly, to cut correctly, to rightly divide the Word of Truth. We're going to look at, uh, we're going to go to Psalms, Psalms 14.1. And I'll go there real quickly. Psalms 14, 14, 1. And I'm going to give you an example of not writing the, not rightly dividing the word, how we can misuse the word and not, by not rightly dividing the word, not making a straight cut or putting forth a diligent effort to read the context or read the, the complete verse or even the complete passage. 14, 1, it says, the fool has said in his heart, and then I can run with that. There is no God. And build a message out of that and say, hey, there's my proof. The Bible says there is no God. However, if we read the entire verse, it says the fool says in his heart that there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. So a fool, a foolish person will say in their hearts that there is no God. He does not exist. Okay. But wrongly dividing that would say, well, there is no God because that's what the Bible says about itself. There is no God. That would be wrongly dividing. We're taking the verse and making it what we want. Okay. We need to be careful not to do that. So as we continue to do studies every week, as we continue uh, and I continue to share the word of God with you and as you follow along, we're going to build on top of everything that we're learning um, from, from the previous videos. And you will see examples how the Word of God interprets itself when we look at who we are in God, what God has given us, what He has blessed us with. All these things that we will learn uh, moving forward, we need to recognize that God inspired those words and that they did not come by the will of man, that they weren't put together, a group of men didn't sit together and decide what was going to be called the Bible and what words were going to be put in it. These men, in individually and in different times, were moved by God to speak forth or to write down what God told them to write. So I look forward to our next, our, our next teaching. And I love you. God bless you. Continue to walk with God. Continue to be in prayer. Have a great day.